is the Stagger Podcast. Welcome into the Stagger Podcast. What is up? I am JD Smith. And looking at the next gen NASCAR photos from today's test, I'm Derek Smith. Holy oh, cow. Yeah. This is sexy. Yeah, there's some good photos right. of that, my friend. Good thing it's a podcast so we can show yeah. everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I mean, look, just hold your phone. Look yeah, at your phone. Look, a lot at your phone. look right there at your, look, uh, whatever right you're listening you see to. It? Yeah, you, you can it? definitely okay, see it. Yeah, you saw it. You, um, yeah. you know what? That's it's a good thing you brought that up because in a few weeks' time, I would like to reach out and we're going to try to reach out to someone, maybe uh, get someone on who might know something about that stuff or try to get a little understanding from a technical side of what's going on with that. But yes, they were testing that this week. So hopefully we will get some more info in the coming days about what that testing showed and where everything kind of stands. But yes, very cool that NASCAR is doing that. However, we've got a lot to get to that does kind of involve the world of NASCAR, but a lot of stuff from the sports car world. If you are a sports car fan, if you are an IMSA fan, congratulations. This is your podcast this week, my friend, because Uh, we have got a 12 hours of Sebring recap for you. Which means we have a 12 hour long podcast. That's right. Congratulations. Buckle in. It's uh, all right. Wait, we got to go to work at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. (laughs) There's no way this is not going to work out. I got to go to the bathroom. We we may cut this a little shorter than that. Can I pee in my my uniform? Is it okay? (laughs) Yeah. If you want to pee in your uniform. podcast suit. Yeah, we need to get suits for the podcast. I agree. Like racing suits sponsored. Imagine that. I don't think they, I need to get, I don't know. We're going to have to find uh, Mike Harvey's tailor for me. Another student, like a yet to be determined rival podcast, like calling us out like Delana Harvick. Like, oh, you know, he, he wears the fire suit in the family. <laughs> like, like, I just, I just see that being like, that's thing, right. Like, oh yeah. Those, those stagger guys always wear their, their fire suits. Hey, you know, I, mean, I think we should people. People wear basketball jerseys to, to NBA games and football jerseys to tailgates. Yeah, why, why don't we wear, wear a fire suit? Let's do that. Let's just start a trend. Let's start wearing fire suits to Talladega. And helmets, and, too. I think helmets, yeah, yeah. fire suits, yeah. whole deal. I mean, That'll nothing says fun. fun like sitting in the Michigan grandstands in July wearing a full oh, fire suit. Yeah, that'll be excellent. I mean, that's just going to be great, right? Yeah, so we've got <laughs> lots, lots of IMSA news for you, like I said. We also have uh, some news about... Joey Logano, he he gave a little uh, perspective on the the championship race at Phoenix and uh, something that he feels like he could have done but did not do. Uh, and we'll talk about whether that was the right decision or not. So, And just some other news and notes from the broadcasting world around NASCAR. Uh, interesting decisions being made there, so we'll discuss all that coming up. But first, let's recap for you the uh, IMSA 12 hours at Sebring which was a pretty pretty fun race. I didn't get to watch all of it. I know most people probably don't watch all of it, but I did probably sit there for about a solid, over the course of the 12 hours, probably a solid six or seven hours I got in there. Uh, you know, a couple hours there, take a few hours off, come back, watch a few more hours. But yeah, it was a, it was a pretty fun time. And in the uh, overall victory at the top of the heap, it ended up being Harry Ticknell, Jonathan Bomarito and Ryan Hunter Ray, they delivered a victory for Mazda and Multimatic. They are the ones who pulled in with the winning car at the end of that race, despite looking like Acura was going to get the deal done. That ended up falling apart a little bit because of uh, a little run-in that happened on the track. We'll talk about that in a second. But that did not stop Acura's Team Penske 6 car with Juan Pablo Montoya, uh, actually, not that's not who won, sorry, but it was Accurate Team Penske's number seven car that actually won the championship in the DPI. So congratulations go out to them. Uh, really cool deal for that group, which has been one of the more dominant teams uh, throughout the entire uh, IMSA season. That whole program, since they've been in play, really has been one of the best. But it was Elio, Elio Castroneves and Ricky Taylor who won the championship in the DPI. And I didn't realize that this is Elio Castroneves' first championship like that he's won since like go-karts. I mean, this is yeah. a season-long championship. Well, so cool well, for him. He, well, I mean, the, the, the big, huge asterisk there is that he has won the Indy 500 three times. But no, no, so, no. I mean, that's, that's, but that's not a championship. Well, that's know, not a season-long I know championship. That. I know that. But it's like, 
it is a championship. Like he's been called a champion before. Well, it's not, you're, but you're, just, he's, just run, not he's won he's won other, context. he's won other races too. But the point being, yeah, he's, this is his first season long. He didn't win an IndyCar championship that way. If you consider the Indy 500, its own separate championship, I guess you could go that route. But I'm just saying this is his first season long championship in any form of racing uh, that he's been in and having been in, involved in it for so long, I think it's uh, pretty cool that he was able to get that done, along with Ricky Taylor, another you know great driver in his own right. So there you go. That's the uh, the DPI, and that's how that's how the Penske Acura DPI program goes out. They go out on top uh, with a one point victory over Ryan Briscoe and Ranger Vanderzand uh, coming in second yeah. place there uh, with Wayne Taylor racing. So it was a very close battle for those two. Uh, but they they got it done. Ultimately, uh, it yeah. worked out for Acura Team Penske. You know, obviously, they're one of the most well-funded groups in all of sports car racing. Uh, they're going away, though. Uh, the Penske version of that team going away. So yep. good way to go out, it. right? Good way to you finish it for Austin Cindric somehow. I mean, he's a champion. You got to keep him in the stable. You got to sell everything. I don't think Roger Penske <laughs> needs to sell anything to afford whatever he wants to do. I think he could. I mean. Uh, he owns the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, for crying out loud. Now, that might I be mean, part of his reason for cutting some, you know, Austin some Cindric weight right is now. the Charles Leclerc of the NASCAR garage. <laughs> let's 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 just calm down. Like, <laughs> let's just Charles Leclerc is uh, Charles a different Leclerc. level of racer, I think, than Austin Cindric. Uh, as yeah. good as he may be, which it's funny. Every time I say Austin Cindric's name, I want to say Austin Wayne self. And then that's not right. So now I'm going to start I, calling him Austin Wayne Cindric. And just Austin merging merging the two of them together, even though they're I two just very want, different guys. I, I just wanted to call him Stone Cold Austin. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. something like that. And then yeah. there's still that that tinge of like me wanting to say the f word every time I hear Austin because of Austin, Texas. But that's mm. another story for that's, another day, yeah, another that's podcast. Okay. But um, yeah, yeah. By the way, if you were wondering, so what was the incident on track? So there was a, a thing between Pipo Durrani and Juan Pablo Montoya where. Action Express and Pipo Durrani had had some issues previously with the number six car uh, from Team Penske in a previous race, and they felt they were done poorly and got bumped. So some bumping occurred again uh, between those two cars, and that is what partially ran both those cars off the track during the race. That's what allowed the Mazdas to get up there and actually get the win at Sebring. Uh, what do you think of the track at Sebring, by the way, before we get to some of the other winners? Do you like that track? Do you find it to be boring? It is a very, for the most part, a, a very flat track that you're getting there. Um, yeah. You know, it's not like to me. You know, it's a very different track than say like Mid Ohio. But mm -hmm. what do you what do you think ultimately of that of that place? I mean, I I look at it and it's uniquely American in the sense that I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in the sense of like it is iconic. It is grueling. It is tough. It is going to beat you up. I mean, the concrete's old. It's an old, what, World War II base, if I remember correctly. Hashtag respect the bumps. That's what they had going all weekend. They respect were the bumps. showing yeah. the cars going um, over all that bumpy surface. You're right. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's been the track that IndyCar routinely uses in its winter testing because it can get data for so many tracks. The street courses uh, and the infield, some of the, some of the road course, you know, you can have data that applies to that. I think it's uniquely challenging. If you um, if you put that down in the hills of Belgium and said, would you want to go watch a race at that track? No, <laughs> but because it's Sebring, because it's uniquely American, because it's it has the history that it does. I think it's a cool track. I think it's a it's a cool way to get on it. Now, are there prettier tracks on the IMSA circuit? Oh, yeah, I like um, I definitely like the the circuit out at Laguna Seca. I like Mid Ohio, Watkins Glen, uh, Road America. To me, those are all I'd like the rolling aspect of 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 tracks right um the uh, undulating of the hills I yeah right you know, i sound like uh what's the dude's name that uh phil nance or whatever at uh jim nance at uh at the talking about the masters with the azaleas yes I the like guy the who's the hills. main broadcaster for cbs his name is jim nance <laughs> yeah phil phil whatever phil jim, nance, so, jim nance phil, you know that nance guy you know larry <laughs> it, nance whatever yeah and, sure bill dance second podcast jim in a row nance. with a bill dance reference that's pretty good we got to keep that going um because yeah. i've gone smelling the azaleas with bill dance yeah a lot of <laughs> Oh man! Oh, God, I'm too Bill Tance doing Masters coverage. I would, 
Oh man, <laughs> why don't they do that? I don't know. Why, why don't you get like uh, what? What if you got Dickie V to do a NASCAR? We need, old NASCAR we need fans. you know, what we need is we need NASCAR like, fans would eat him alive. We need Michael Waltrip and Larry Mack and those guys to do the Masters coverage. Like, yes. Now you see right here what he done is he tried to get through that water trap, but he didn't get through it. It just stuck right in there, and now he's in the water. Michael hey, Waltrip. Hey, hey, Larry, Larry, he misread the green. He misread the green. You know, I was out there. I was out there putting the other day with Denny Hamlin. Uh, you know, not to name drop, but me and Denny are friends. I don't know if you know that or not, but we were out there putting on the practice round. And oh my gosh, that 15 green. So it rolls so fast. He just missed the read. By the way, can we talk real quick about Michael Waltrip's dumb tweet that he had? Oh my God. What did, did you, he say now? Did you You're see that? Michael Wallace? No, no, Michael, Michael Waltrip. Waltrip. Okay. No, no. Wallace, not, he, had a good, he had a bad one too. Yeah, not not Kenny Wallace or Michael Wallace. Not Kenny, or, Michael. No, yeah. any of whatever. Uh, let me pull it up real quick because I, I do have it somewhere. Some underachieving driver from the 90s. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time Daytona 500 champion, by the way. But There's been a few, a few of those. All right. Yeah. Michael Waltrip tweeted this out a few days ago. He said, here we go. My first COVID tweet. I do not need a governor telling me what to do. I'll wear a mask and space myself. I'm a responsible person. I will stay away from vulnerable people. This is America, uh, which I think is very interesting because you, no. I, I yeah. right, a little childish Gambino there at the end from Michael. <laughs> what, if, what if Michael Waltrip was rapping? Yeah, oh, what gosh. if maybe that was maybe that was set to childish so Gambino? Fox that that'll be on like the Phoenix <sighs> pre-race coverage next Lord. year. No, you know, so all I all I said in response to that is. Here we go. My first bank robbery tweet. I do not need a governor telling me what to do. I will not bank rob. I'm a responsible person. I will stay away from bank robbers. This is America. Like, yeah, I don't think I don't think that's the whole issue there, Michael. Maybe uh, educate yourself a little bit. Yeah, that's all. Elliot Sadler had a similar tweet about he saw an old person walk into a store behind him without a mask. And he said, you know what I said? Not a damn thing because this is America. Uh huh. Okay. I'm like, yep. Yeah, it sure is. Yep, it, it, it is. It sure is. And uh, America leading the world in. Well, anyway, enough. How, of how's that. your Thanksgiving going to go? By the way, oh, that's it's, right. It's going to be. It. It's going to be at home. It's and you know what? Yeah. I'll be just fine with that because I want to have more Thanksgivings with you, mm-hmm. with you with and me. mom and dad and everybody else. With so, me. yeah. yeah so. If, if if you notice a little bit of difference, we are uh, probably going to be remote for the. Yeah, we're future. doing remote. We're trying to be responsible too. I mean, everybody, you know, yeah. trying to take it into account. So we're doing, believe the best it or not, can. like the first few episodes were remote. Cause that was like right when COVID was really hitting. And then as it started, a number started to drop, we started recording in person and had a lot of fun doing it. And now it's, uh, now we're back. the way, unfortunately. So we're doing yeah. what we can to kind of play our part. That's but. right. Oh, hopefully everybody else is doing the same so we can all get back. If nothing else, we can get back to the racetrack. If not, if you have no yeah. other reason to do it, don't you want to get back out and actually enjoy these things? Not just with a few people spaced out, but with massive crowds and the whole deal. That's what I'm looking forward to. Oh, I'm telling you what, man. When we when we, get out, when we all get the vaccine, I'm crowd surfing at like Bristol. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I'll I probably have some people drop me because I'll be wearing a Bubba Wallace shirt. But uh, <laughs> well, who cares? But maybe <laughs> those people. Can well, I care if it's the, like the top row. That'd be pretty bad. That's a long fall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, all right. Let's get back to uh, the uh, 12 hours of Sebring, the GT Le Mans class, GTLM. Le Mans. Le Mans. Whatever. Le Mans. Uh, that was won by when life the... gives you Le Mans, Le Mans, you make Le Monade with <laughs> okay. it. Okay. <laughs> that's, thank you. That's quite enough. Um, <laughs> I'm shutting up. Turn my mic off. <laughs> uh, Nick Tandy and Frederick Makovecki were able to get the victory there. The GTLM class. That is with the Porsche program that is going out the door. And actually they followed, they were followed up by, uh, Earl Bamber and, uh, Lorraine Vantour. So both of them, uh, we're able to get a one-two finish there in the Porsche outfit that is leaving after this race. So sad to see Porsche go and ending their GT Le Mans program for the moment. Perhaps they will return. They've already hinted that eventually that they will be doing that. The GTLM class is probably my favorite class of cars that run in IMSA because of the fact that if I see them in mid-Ohio, I know I could also be seeing those same cars or by Im- by usual mid-Ohio date, I could be seeing those. I have seen those same cars potentially at, uh, at, at Le Mans itself. So I've seen them at the 24 hours. And I think that's mm-hmm. the coolest thing when, uh, Ganassi had the Ford program now with the Corvettes being involved, uh, Porsche, obviously, like I just love seeing those cars knowing that they're going to go over and try to compete in that same type of class 
in in the you know FIA WEC you know that's that's the stuff I I like to think about is that these cars could be going anywhere around the world and I'm seeing some of the best right here in front of me whatever race I go to in the U.S. so there's something I mean imagine if you had like an indie car if they had classes and then one of those classes was like oh this is the Formula One class and they're just there you go. There's like four Formula <laughs> One cars on the track running around with like Indy cars and Indy lights. I think that's cool. I, I really yeah. like that. So I've I mean, always that enjoyed would be, that. That would be a complete and utter like. Oh, God. <laughs> be like breakneck. There goes the Indy car. Those are fast. And there goes the Indy lights. And there yeah. comes the F2000s. Whoa, they're still coming. Right. They're yeah. still coming. Okay. Now they're fast. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be fun. But yeah, it works with sports cars, obviously, because uh, the, the, the cars can do a little bit more beating and banging. And there's obviously a separation. When you see a prototype coming up, it throws the lights on, and that GT Daytona car just has to go over the side, or it's going to get run over. Yeah. Um, so it works out, and I I do love the class racing. I think that is. I mean, we saw uh, a, a, a a class wreck that was out of class. It was classless, maybe. I don't know. Classless um, wreck on words, but but yeah, we're the prototype car and a GTLM car ran into each other, but. Uh, that happens. It's that's that's racing, right? Yeah. And we talk sports about sports car racing, um, especially. Yes, that's sports car racing. Yeah, we talk about potential for wrecks and 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 do you wreck? Do you not wreck? I mean, that sometimes like you just have to put the chrome horn to the bumper, and you know people get wrecked, and that's what happens in racing. And I for one love it, and and I love how these twelve hour and these twenty four hour races they're becoming sprint races. Whereas when we started watching them 10, 10 years ago, twelve years ago. It was almost like, you know, you still had to deal with the, you know, the cars holding up and the equipment not failing. Now you're dropping the green flag and you're going like, like hell from the first stop of the green flag. And it's a lot of fun to watch. And, and to me, it's, it's a, it's one of those things where you think you had a poll on, on Twitter this week, how many hours is JD going to watch the race? It's like. Yeah, I mean, you could sit there and watch the whole 12 hours if you can. Well, that was the beauty of it. It was all on NBC Sports and then three hours were on NBC, but I don't know. There's just, I don't know why, but there's something soothing about that to me to know that like there's a race on all day long and no matter what else I'm going to do, like I can check into it. I could go do something in the house, you know, do some laundry or clean up a room or play with the kids for a little bit and then come back and it's like, oh, the race is still going to be there and I might miss something, but they'll recap it. They'll let you know what you're missing, but then you still can know like, oh, if I don't watch right now, this moment, there's still, you know, 10 more hours of racing to go. I've, I really enjoy that. And then when you get to the final couple hours, it's like, all right, now you strap in, you know, the storylines, you know what you're looking for. Somebody may be out by a big margin, but that's okay. It doesn't mean that that race is over until that car shows they can cross the finish line. That's why it's an endurance race. A lot of times it's a part failure, mechanical failure. I want to say everyone in the, I believe everyone in the DPI class, at least all the leaders, like every one of those cars had been touched up in some way or had to come in for an issue, oh, yeah. like well, where they had repairs that had to be done. I mean, it was it was a war of attrition in, in that class. Yeah. Well, even in the 24 hours, every car has to basically get a brake ch- a whole brake uh, kit redone, like where they had yes. they had the, the rotor and everything. They take the whole thing off, put them on brand new because they have to because the, they'll run out of brakes well for 24 and, hours, and but- as as we've learned in um ford versus ferrari that was something that the ford team you know that's something that they worked on and that was yeah. one of the things that they found in the rule book you could do and now that's like a standard thing is to replace the whole brake system uh, yeah. out of these cars in the endurance race but at the time that was something that they kind of pioneered to make sure that they could try to have a better chance to beat the ferraris thanks for spoiling the movie for me i've oh, to see it I mean, who knows who wins at the end of that iconic racing movie that you definitely should have seen. If you're listening to this podcast, seriously, we get nothing for this. If you are listening to this podcast and you have not watched Ford versus Ferrari, finish the podcast because thank you. Listen to our podcast. We appreciate it. Then go watch Ford versus Ferrari. In fact, if you know someone like a like a parent or a family member who got you into racing because they love sports or just racing or even if they don't like racing so much, but they like nice cars, they like, you know, Carol Shelby. I mean, watch this thing. How can you not? It's Matt Damon. It, come on, man. Like this is this is easy. Like that's one of the best automotive movies ever made. It's got Batman in it. I mean, yeah. come on. Christian Bale, he's fantastic as Ken Miles. I, I, America should fall in love with Ken Miles again. So yeah, yeah. 
by, by all means, go watch Ford versus Ferrari yeah. if you don't know what we're and, talking uh, about. And you can pick it up at our fine retailers. What What is the copy say again, JD? I forgot. <laughs> yeah, we don't get paid for this. I we just we got did. a sponsor. Hey, no, no, I, I wish we, we did. Sponsor, I yeah. wish we did. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the GTLM class we were talking about at some point, we mentioned that Porsche actually won the race, but they did not win the championship. Uh, the championship went to uh, the Corvette team of Jordan Taylor and Antonio Garcia. So congratulations to them. It was also another final thing that was happening here. Uh, this team finished sixth, but Oliver Gavin, who has been a mainstay in driving uh, for Corvette in the American Le Mans series. And then, you know, with IMSA and all that, uh, they, he's been there since 2002 driving for Corvette. Mm-hmm. Think about that since I mean, almost 20 years, 19 years, he's been driving cars for Corvette. Uh, and That's so this crazy. this was his final race and final season with them. So uh, a big hats off go to him. He is a uh, legendary driver for them. Multiple championships won. Very talented driver. They even had signage up all over Sebring saying, you know, thank you, Oliver, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, tough race for him. It was uh, uh, one with some mechanical failures on those cars. One was brought about by... Uh, some wrecks that happened. One was brought about just by the car having some issues in its own right. So yeah, it's, it's unfortunate they couldn't have a better finish at Sebring in his final race, but uh, he he's a legend. So mad respect yeah. goes out to him. That's what all of Absolutely. us say. Mad respect. Absolutely. That's what the kids are saying nowadays. <laughs> mad respect. Yeah. That, that, that was, uh, that was tight, right? <laughs> it was tight. Yo. Um, yeah. Yes. But Hey, I was going to say this too, speaking of what's tight and what's it, it what's hip. Yeah. Um, I actually, you talking about before the 12 hours of Sebring, you like being able to just turn on the TV, know it's there. Mm-hmm. So the 24 hours of Daytona to me is like the new year. I mean, I go into it. I, I like, it's almost like I grab my warm blanket and I, and I sit and I watch it and I like, you know, obviously I do other stuff throughout the day cause it's 24 hours, but I'll, I'll be the, that guy who wakes up at three or four in the morning and just sees the cars just making laps. That yeah. might doze off. I wake up at six, but I always love watching that sunrise. It used to be back way back in the day on Speed Channel. They'd be on the radio until seven. So I'd get up at six, listen to the radio broadcast, try to catch up on everything. And at seven, that sun would be rising up over the beach at Daytona. And then you'd see the cars on the high banks of the track. And, and it was just like this beautiful, easy campfires, you know, uh, from the night before still burning off. And, and it was just a beautiful scenery. And I remember, you know, when you watch that race, I think it used to end at 3.30 in the Eastern time zone. Now it ends at like one or two or, but there's that light that comes in right there in that winter sun in Daytona that just, when it, when that's done and they're interviewing the main people that deep, you know, DP champion, the overall champion, usually it's the DPI yeah. uh, that wins it. They're interviewing them in the victory lane. They have the other classes next to victory lane. They're talking to them all. And then they do this like recap thing. And I just remember like, as soon as like the credits roll on that, and it's like four o'clock in the afternoon in January. I look around with like the most optimism that I have for the entire year, I think. Cause it's like the Daytona 500. It's like three weeks away. Yeah. You've got a whole season. You've got springs around the corner. Like this is the most green I've seen on a screen or in, in person. Cause I live in Ohio. It's the most <laughs> green I've seen in months. Like, right. Yeah. I oh, love life. Like, so that's why I think, you know, if they moved the Rolex 24 to August, it probably would still be my favorite event. It would, event it would be different. I it would, it would be, it'd be very different. So as, I, I hey, hope that, the, I hope that everyone got say, to watch this with a little bit of like nostalgia. Not that anyone's going to look back at 2020 saying that this is the best year ever. This is so much fun. And, and this is enjoyable, but I hope we got to watch that going like, man, kind of the last biggest racing event on this continent. Uh, that's, you know, that for the year. So um, pretty cool. You know, pretty yeah. Pretty cool to see that yeah. way. We got a few more F1 races to watch across the seas, but, uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, like, yep. You know, for a season or in a year, we thought we maybe we might not see anything. We got to see quite a bit this summer and, yeah. uh, and, and it helped a lot of people get through a lot of tough things, myself included. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no so doubt. racing was one of those things that, that, that helped me along and, and helped give me joy on days when it just, you know, you just want to beat yourself up or, or stay in bed. Cause it's just, you know, you're battling that seasonal COVID depression. Um, it's been good. So I just yeah, wanted to, I agree with that. I, I don't know why I'm rambling, but I just want to no, say like, the racing was I, really I, good. This I, year. I love racing. Yeah. I love sports car racing. And I love, I love the endurance races for the very fact that you can, you can pop in and out and you just for that day or that half day, you know, Hey, there's a race on, I'm going to mm-hmm. go watch it. I'm yeah. going to go catch up on it. And it's, it's good to see those. It's good to see that happen. As uh, you were bringing up about Daytona, possibly if like, if they ever moved that to August, what the kids would say is it do be hitting different though. 
right? That's that's a thing. That's what they'd be oh, saying. Man. If it was been, it wouldn't be the same if it was in August as opposed to January. So I agree with so you. So I that. I was hanging out with a 21 or 20 year old the other day, uh, who happens to be a hip hop artist. Um, but anyways, what? he said, "Yo, man, I was fried," and I was like, "Man, you were you were high doing that job." And it, and he was like, "No, man, fried. I was being crazy. I was being silly." I'm like that's what fried means. So like. Man, there's like, cause I thought baked, oh, baked and fried, same thing. No, <laughs> not the same thing. Uh, he's like, cause it was like some church thing. He's like, yeah, man, I was like volunteering at this church. I wouldn't go hide to church. What are you talking about, man? I was fried. I was being silly. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, fried. There you Got go. It. So, are so we gonna, then I was, I, are you going to tell us who this hip hop artist? Are you going to tell us who this hip hop artist is? Yeah, like, it's my, it's my good friend, Rob Knorr. So you can, so you can catch him on Spotify, uh, that Instagram from Rob Knorr. Uh, he's from Cleveland. He raps. If you like lyrical rap um, from the heart, he's really good. It's not maybe something you would bump in a club. He's got a few songs like that, but uh, really cool. 20 year old kid. It's something come and check him out on Spotify. Rob Knorr. You are a man of many layers, my friend. And I appreciate it. I about am. You. I am. That, that is, is uh, always a thing that I enjoy about you, Derek, is that you do have a lot going on and you always got something to surprise us all. So that's good. Oh, yeah. Um, all oh, right. Yeah. My Let's... croquet class, actually, a crochet class. I yeah. just say croquet and croquet crochet. and crochet. Yeah. Same thing. And it's crochet. very similar. I, we, we do it at the same time, actually. Yeah. Um, all right. G- <laughs> G- G- GT Daytona. Uh, let's wrap up that class because they also had a, uh, a pretty interesting race there as well. Uh, this one was really frustrating for the AIM Vassar Sullivan group. The, uh, the highlighter colored Lexuses that you see running <laughs> yes. around the track. Uh, Aaron Tielitz was doing well. So Aaron Tielitz, Jack Hawksworth, they drive one of the cars. Townsend Bell's usually in the other one. Uh, unfortunately for them, they were <laughs> Aaron Tielitz, Jack Hawksworth. They were up there. They had a chance to win the championship in this race. Unfortunately for them, those cars were running one, two at one point in the day. And then they came through a, I think it was a Corvette that was letting go. I could be wrong, yep. Yep. but I it believe was it was a Corvette. a Corvette that let some fluid down on the track. That was what we were talking about earlier. I think in the GTLM that was Mike class. Shank that hit the button. Like, uh, no, like, uh, <laughs> what's the, what's the dude's name? Um, the racer in Phantom Menace. It was like oh. that guy. He, he threw something out <laughs> oh, of his the pod window. racing. Yeah. I forgot yeah, about the that. pod racing. He threw oh, like a God. bolt and it hit the Corvette. And next thing you know, it sprayed yeah. everything. And, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. In either somewhere, case, somewhere in Ohio, Mike Shanks drinking a beer, smiling about. That. Hey, maybe, maybe he had magical <laughs> ways. So that, yeah, but that 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 fluid drop by the Corvette ended up being right in front of the two Aim Vassar cars, oh. uh, Aim Vassar Sullivan cars, and they both hit it and both spun out in like a second. It was heart wrenching uh. to watch for that team because. Uh, I mean, they, you know, they're fighting for a championship. There was plenty of race left. Who knows if they would have won the championship or not, but that one really took them out of contention and they ended up finishing 11th and 12th or a ninth and 12th. Yeah. Uh, those two cars did. So they were not able to secure the victory in the championship. But as you mentioned, Michael Shank and Meyer Shank racing MSR, yeah. they got it done in their final race for Acura in the GTD class, the GT3 class, however you want to call that. Uh, Mario Farnbacher and Matt McMurray got the job done. They were the ones who ended up getting the victory uh, for Acura. They didn't get the victory in this race. They finished third, but they were able to secure the overall points victory. The uh, Porsche entry of Ryan Hardrick, Patrick Long, and Jan Halen. They were the ones who ended up getting the GTD win in this race, but obviously not the overall championship. So congratulations again go out to uh, Meyershank Racing. They end their GTD program with Acura only to start up an Acura DPI program. So bumping up a couple levels there uh, and, and good to see Meyershank Racing heading back into the DPI uh, group there. So thoughts yeah, the overall. The kids call it leveling up. They leveled up there. <laughs> yeah, well, this is just all we're doing now. It's just They got horribly... their XP on point. <laughs> okay. Uh, now we're just horribly bungling all of this. That's good. Uh, we'll keep doing that. That's totally fine. Uh, Started from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> yes. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly it as well. So there you go. That's your Sebring recap and season points championship recap for IMSA. So congratulations to all involved there. 
just again, a fun series. I always enjoy watching it. Uh, we will do a better job next year of actually talking more about that particular group because uh, we enjoy it. It's oh, just, yeah. you know, with everything going on uh, with the Rona this year and a lot of other things, uh, we didn't get to keep up with this series as much as we wanted to, but we will nope. be doing that next year. And there are already some huge stories coming out of this series mm-hmm. as we head into the off season because their off season is the shortest of all these racing series. Uh, they will be back on the track, like you said, in mid-January, getting ready for the Rolex 24. And some new entries will be joining them. Chip Ganassi Racing has announced they are joining the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship prototype category next year. They are back. Yes, indeed. Uh, Cadillac DPI will be the car they are running. Now, if you've not been paying attention to sports car racing, let me catch you back up. Chip Ganassi ran a very successful prototype category many, mm-hmm. many years ago that was really good, highly decorated, won a bunch of races and championships and everything else, switched out of that and took over the Ford GT program, mm-hmm. which produced 11 wins in IMSA. They won two Rolex 24s. They also won six races in the WEC, the World Endurance Challenge, including the 24 Hours of Le Mans. So Chip Ganassi able to get it done in sports car racing. Now they're coming back to the DPI, the Daytona prototype, the the fastest cars on the track. They're coming back with a Cadillac entry. So they will be entering the fray with what? Wayne Taylor Racing runs Cadillac. Yeah. Action Express. Am I wrong? Yes. Action Express runs that. I mean, basically, Cadillac is the yeah. Cadillac of manufacturers <laughs> in that. Well, that's the it's <laughs> it's them, Mazda, and Acura. Those are your three yeah. makes basically in the prototype. Those are the three one three factory teams that are running in prototype. So that's a big deal. Bringing in fifty three prototype victories uh, in in that class. So this is huge to get Chip Ganassi back into the sport. Very cool to see them be a part of that, and uh, that is that is going to get a lot of people fired up and excited. It, I, I would think me? so. Is it just me or has the DPI class the last year kind of taken a dip? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me personally that like Jordan Taylor's not with the Conoco Minolta team anymore. Uh, a lot of teams in the past have stepped out. It, it's kind of good. You're getting like the, it's like the bands getting back together. You got Ganassi coming back. You got Meyer Shank coming back with, you know, with Shank great, you know, Michael Shank being a, a mainstay in the DP category for a decade before almost. And now, I'm wondering if Bob Stallings is going to be coming back with the Gainsco boys, the red dragon on track. Let's mm, come on. That's true. Bring the band back together. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, man. It's, <laughs> it's very, it's very interesting looking at the landscape now for IMSA next year. And I'm sure a lot of this will change. There's plenty of time in the next few weeks for this to kind of still be changed and confirmed. And and you never know, there might be some more news coming here, but uh, right now the, the thought process when you look across what's going on in prototypes, so Team Penske, as we said, is out of the prototypes. Okay, that's that Acura car that just won the championship. It's beautiful, white and orange. That's not going to be a Penske operation anymore. Um, that AR, the Acura ARX05 chassis is going to be run by Meyer Shank Racing. Now, I missed this earlier, but we were just saying Wayne Taylor Racing was Cadillac. They're actually also running the other Acura. So those two Acura programs are going to be split off one for Meyer Shank and one for Wayne Taylor, as I understand it. Uh, so then Multimatic will run one Mazda team next year, not two. And then you're going to have Cadillac DPI entries done by Action Express, as well as Ganassi. Supposedly, JDC Miller is also trying to run two Cadillacs. They may reduce that just to one. Mm. Point being, prototypes are going to be a little different next year. Um, and this is also something to keep in mind when it comes to what's happening in the GT Le Mans category, because you also have Porsche leaving, like we talked about, uh, Corvette racing is currently the only confirmed full-time team in GT Le Mans. Hopefully that changes because BMW is entertaining the idea of just having its Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan group run the four endurance rounds. So they would run Rolex and Sebring and, you know, what is it? Uh, I'm trying to think what other, the Petit Le Mans. Um, why am I blanking on the other one? It's okay. Whatever. 
So they're, they're thinking of just running those four races, not mm-hmm. running the full schedule, which would be heartbreaking. I hope they change their minds on that. And hopefully BMW comes back because those are good battles to have. But yeah, it's a little different next year. I think a lot of teams are going to have to deal with the fact that COVID has been a tough deal for everyone. And a lot of the people who own these race teams own businesses that have been affected by a global yeah. pandemic, as everything has. So that's just something else to keep in mind with what you're going to see next year when it comes to that series. But uh, yeah, there's there's some pretty cool stuff there either way, and hopefully uh, more good news will be coming out of that. Uh, the other bit of news that we wanted to talk about, Dane Cameron, who was part of that Acura team that you know uh, had been so good this year, they are actually, Dane Cameron is moving over to Meyer Shank Racing. Um, so he's yeah. going to, in a way he's moving, in a way he's staying with the car he is been familiar with right he's Mm -hmm. staying with the acura program but just moving over to the meyer shank team that is now going to run it so uh that's very good news to hear there um and so yeah that you'll see him at the uh, rolex 24 at daytona in january so kind of good to see some of those those pieces falling into place i'm sure more of that information will be forthcoming but have you seen the rumor about who's going to be driving a dpi cadillac next year for the rolex Um. 24 no, I have not seen that rumor. Please tell me. Uh, the rumor is that Action Express Racing will be mm-hmm. entering a second DPI Cadillac for the Rolex 24 and that two of the drivers for it will be Chase Elliott and Jimmy Johnson. Whoa. How about <laughs> that? How about that if that were to occur? Now, Jimmy Johnson wow. is supposedly... Here's what makes it difficult because who is he contracted to with IndyCar? Well, he's with... Chip Ganassi. And Chip Ganassi is going to have a DPI car. But this isn't IndyCar. They can do I know it, it, but it's a Cadillac entry. He's he's running Chip's equipment. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. will he run with Action Express against his boss who's given him the IndyCar ride? I don't know. But I supposedly, mean, come on. supposedly come on. Chelsea, come Chase, on. Chase is pretty much come confirmed. On. It he's sounds the like. Goat. He's the GOAT. He could do what he wants. Chip Ganassi's his boss, like the. I don't know, like uh, like the Harlem Globetrotters are like a basketball team, right? I mean, I like, understand that, but also, I, I mean, mean, come on, he took a chance on him to get him into IndyCar. I mean, I take take a chance that's, is the wrong word, but you know what I'm saying. That's true. I mean, like, but like he's like the Zlatan Ibrahimovic of racing, like, and he's too nice that people don't know that. I mean, like he can do what he wants. He's Jimmy freaking Johnson. Yeah. He's the goat. So so like if he wants to race with Chase Elliott and say, hey, I want to do this. This is going to be fun. Let's race, and let's race for this Action Express team. He's going to do it. Yeah. Like, maybe he's got a little bit of, you know, something where he wants to he wants to do that where he – I mean, he may want to get that, that, that box checked off where he, you know, says, hey, I want to start my year off right and win with, you know, maybe there's a, a good, you know, second and third – or third and fourth driver there. You know, maybe there's only a third driver, so it's the two of them – and Chase is really good on road courses, and Jimmy's done this before too. So maybe they get a a nice, uh, you know, experienced driver in there. And next thing yeah. you know, you got a, the makings of a. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it could be it's, really cool. Well, either way, the point here is that it sounds like, and that we kind of buried the lead. Chase Elliott is also going to run the Rolex Twenty Four, which is pretty damn cool to have the NASCAR champion running in the first race back at Daytona after, you know, the layoff of the off season for all these series. So I'm excited to see that. It sounds like he'll be with action express for sure. Okay. And then we'll see where Jimmy Johnson is. Could be running against chase, could be running with him, but either way, a lot of NASCAR are going to be getting into yeah. uh, those cars as, as happens every year, right? Kyle Busch ran in the uh, Lexus uh, mm-hmm. Vassar Sullivan entry that we were talking about earlier. He ran with them at the Rolex last year. So yeah, hopefully we'll see more of that. You mean, you I, I mean like the it. Rolex this year, which seems like it was last year. Yeah, That's good so lord, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> the Rolex 24 from 2020, which we are still in because this year does not seem to ever end, but no. eventually it will. And eventually, brighter days ahead. Uh, now, let's switch gears, talk a little bit of NASCAR real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, there was a quote from Joey Logano. He was on Sirius XM NASCAR radio, and he was asked about the finale at Phoenix where he ended up finishing third and not really having a chance to win the championship because Chase Elliott was just dominating the field that day. Uh, He said this. He said he was having a talk with his teammates on the radio, and he said, quote, 
Uh, we were saying, what if I spun out a car on purpose, caught up to a lap car, queued him up right off the front, the right front and sent him. Then came down pit road, came off first on pit road and won the race. He said, what does that say about your championship and your character and everything that goes on when it's all on the line? That's a real question you need to ask yourself in the heat of the moment. I know I was beat at the moment. I said, dang it, I'm done. I can't win this race unless a caution comes out. I knew that. Um, he said that he had a chance to turn another driver, got behind a car that he probably could have turned. He said, quote, I didn't have the heart. You can't do that. To me, it's too far. To me, it's like, yes, you want to win the championship. Championships mean everything. But boy, that's just, ugh, you'll second guess yourself to the end. But what would have happened if I did it, right? That's not the right thing to do. You just don't do it. But you know what would have happened, right? And you just really hope that someone else wrecks somebody. He said, all right, I have nothing to do with that. That wasn't me, but that didn't happen, unfortunately. So basically putting it out there that he knows what it takes. And a lot of these guys know they could wreck a lap car, cause a caution, get the caution, possibly get in the pits, get out quicker, take the lead, win the race. And in that case, win the championship. I ask you, Derek, would that be the right move? Well, I think NASCAR's already said it's the wrong move. I mean, if you think back to Richmond trying to get into the, the chase of the playoffs back then and Clint Boyer, Martin Truex Jr., that whole thing that eventually ended up being one of the main reasons that Michael Waltrip Racing is no longer around, uh, they tried to they tried to manufacture a, a playoff position for, I believe, to benefit Martin Truex Jr., and it backfired. And then someone had an itch on their arm and Boyer spun out on purpose. And I think NASCAR would handle this very similarly like they handled that and they would disqualify uh, the people or essentially just make Jeff Gordon champion again. I mean, that's what they would do is they just add him into the, they'd say, well, Jeff, congratulations. You're in the Fox booth, but you are the champion. Uh, maybe they would have pulled Dale Jr. down there and made him the champion. But I, I, that that's a callback for fans of many years ago. I hope the three of you that understood that got that joke. <laughs> um, but, uh, but basically, I think what would have happened is, I mean, that, that, that undermines the integrity of this sport. I mean, you have to be able to race. And if you start going there and, and, and wrecking people on purpose, I mean, who's to say, I mean, it, it, it's almost going to be a demolition derby on manufacturers, you know, where, I mean, you could have, I mean, Chevy could go come down the ranks to some lowly, you know, Reed Sorensen type. And I don't even know if he runs a Chevrolet or BJ McLeod and say, Hey, we're going to pay you guys. Uh, we're going to deliver some really nice engines next year for Daytona. Uh, if you go ahead and just, you know, knock out one of the, uh, the, the, the Toyota drivers or the Ford drivers, give our guy a shot. I mean, I'm sorry that takes away from the championship. And that's why you don't have manufacturers do that. Cause they know, you know, loose lips sink ships and that championship would forever be tainted. This would be akin to like steroids in baseball, I think, yeah. but uh, almost way worse. I mean, no one looks at bond. Okay. Maybe now they do, but but back when he first broke the record in the home run race, a few people looked at Bonds as the true home run hitter because of the steroid thing or because of racism or I don't know. But because of it, you know, people didn't like the fact that Bonds was the the record holder. There's an asterisk about it. And I think there'd be a huge asterisk if, if Joey Logano would have oh, done that. I, there would, it, be, it would have been there a championship would be an asterisk for sure. If 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 you knew that a guy wrecked someone and then let him like saw that that's how he got the championship. That'd be a tough deal. That'd be yeah. I, well, I mean, well, like, this is why other series have stewards for this exact reason. So that they, if there was a incident, there'd be something that would come under review and the stewards would make a call. Yeah. I, mean, I think, that, but don't they, wouldn't the NASCAR officials have to step in in that situation? Oh, I think they would, but that's the thing. Would they sit there, see that he spun him before that caution series is even done? they DQ him right there, make him go to the tail end of the longest line for intentionally wrecking someone. And is that on the books? Because the last time I checked, have have at it, boys, is still the the name of the game right now. So with if that's the case, I mean, to me, yeah, I that's think that's a good the, point. I I, th I think that NASCAR needs to address this based off of his quotes to say, hey, uh championship four, um, intentional wrecking is not well, to be is it's not to be tolerated. Yeah, and, and, and they'll be subject to review by an advisory board that's brought on for the championship race. Well, and um, to your point, I mean, any any system that involves the good nature of the people involved and them just doing the right thing 
and that's what you're basing your system on, we've clearly seen that doesn't work. And just no. take that for what it's worth. <laughs> Apply it no. however you like. So all mm-hmm. I'm saying is that's that's a thing that, yes, you need hard and fast rules, especially in racing. Because for every Joey Logano who says, and I don't know, some people may look at Joey Logano and say, well, that's why he's not going to be you know, like Dale senior, he's not going to be like Richard Petty. He's not going to win all these championships because he doesn't have the heart to do it. It's like, I I don't think, I don't think those guys would have spun a lap car when they were clearly down just to get a caution to then what, like possibly have your pit crew help you get out of the pits first. And then the way NASCAR works where like, if your car set up the best, you just run away from everybody if you're in first place. Sometimes if your car's not even set up the best, just if you get out in front, you're gone at, at tracks like Phoenix. That's just, I don't know, man. That That's yeah. that's not a way to win a championship. But you know what? I bet Joey Logano probably, he probably is going to have a few sleepless nights thinking about that and thinking, man, maybe I should have just done that. And no one would know any better. And I could just say the guy was in my way. He was slowing me down. I was trying to get where I had to go. I didn't mean to wreck him, but no, I was no, trying to get he, him out of the way and he, he couldn't he handle wakes it. Up, he wakes up in a cold sweat. He goes and finds that NASCAR championship trophy somewhere in his house, looks at it and goes, ah, that's right. I am a champion. Yeah. I am a champion. But and I if, didn't even get drunk on national TV to show it. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, like th- th- there's, th- he he's going to be okay. Now, if, if he didn't have his first one, like I mean, would That's Denny Hamlin? Thing. Would yeah. Denny Hamlin had 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 punted some random, you know, person in front of him? Like, I mean, he, yeah, <laughs> who knows? Like, maybe he had the same type knows? of chances, and maybe he just thought a similar thing. I'm not going to try to do that. I, mean, I think I think all those guys. It does come back to again this. This issue, you can say that's ethics, you can say that's morals, you can say that's being raised right, but the reality is a lot of these guys, it's because they don't want the same thing to happen to them. You know what I mean? Yep. Like a lot oh, of those guys say, would I want this to happen if if I were leading a race and clearly dominating? Would I want someone to pull a cheap Bush League move like that and knock somebody out of the race for no reason other than to bunch us all up and then you know, cause that type of issue? The answer is no. They wouldn't want to be treated like that. If they were the best car, they'd want to have that chance to just go out and prove it on the track. And thankfully, that's what did happen. So I'm with you. Maybe they, maybe that would have been more exciting for us as fans, but it probably wouldn't have been the right way to do it. So uh, right. ultimately, who knows? Maybe the right thing to do is to make it more exciting for the fans. Maybe you fall down on that side of the issue. I can see that too. But mm-hmm. I, if I were Joey Logano, I probably would have done the same thing. I'd want to win it straight up. Or if, if, if we got lucky then that's different. And someone wrecks in front of you, that's fine. But yeah, I don't think I would, I would do anything different than what Joe Logano said. So that makes me a, uh, <laughs> not a <laughs> eye of the tiger type of person. Oh, well, I guess I'll live with it. Um, real quick, couple other little news and notes here in the NASCAR world. Uh, bad news for Alan Kavana, AKA Copa Kavana on Twitter, who is, he's been a really good NASCAR reporter for years. He was in the pits all this year during the Fox coverage. It apparently was announced that he's not going to be brought back by Fox next year. He announced that himself. He tweeted that out. Uh, and I, I liked his work. I thought he did a really good job. I don't yeah. I don't understand the economics of everything going on with NASCAR, with television broadcasts, with all that. But it, it seems to me that you need more guys like Alan Kavana who are just good, savvy reporters who can get the story, get you with the info, what's going on, know the sport really well and aren't necessarily like a former driver just trying to make their way in the sport. Nothing against the guys who are doing that. Um, they're all entitled to do it too, but I don't know. I I like the fact that it's just – it seems like he could also be doing that job in the NBA or the NFL or Major League Baseball. He just happens to be doing it in NASCAR. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he just seems like a – I would like more of that in the pits, just people who can – tell me what's happening in the sport without having to add their little like, Oh, shucks. And gee, golly, you know, back when I was racing at Dover, here's one thing I remembered was them tires was real sticky. Like, I don't, I don't need that. I just tell me what's happening right now today with the people who are actually on the track today, not your experience from 20 years ago. You know what I mean? And I, anyway, yeah. I thought Alan was really good at that. It's sad that he's not going to be a part of the uh, Fox broadcast. Anymore. Well, I'll just say this, that Clint Boyer does not come cheap. <laughs> and I think that I'm serious. I mean, if, if you're growing your broadcast team by another mainstay in the booth, and if you got to cut your budget somewhere, you're going to cut your budget where you can. And you're going to take guys like that out of the equation. It just, maybe, I, mean, I don't me, know. A, I, they need pit reporters though. I mean, I guess that's the thing. Well, but, yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. You'll probably see some fresh face that you've never seen before. Maybe you saw them in spot duty here or there, 
and they're going to be the new pit guy or gal and they're going to do it for less. Yeah, maybe. And, or maybe and, they'll put Clint down in the pits and let him go just run around down there. Again, don't get me wrong. I don't dislike the Clint Boyers and Dale Earnhardt Juniors of the world. And those guys at least have touched a race car in the last five years. So I appreciate their perspective more. You just are, you just don't like Dale, Dale Waltrip. That's what you think. Well, no, but I, there's so many guys that... Jeff Hammond. <laughs> yeah, like guys who, did the, who were in the sport 20 years ago haven't really been in touch with it as far as a driver ever since. And instead of developing the contacts and wherewithal to say, Hey, let me give you some breakdown of what they're doing. Let me give you some info as to why they're doing this and not just guessing at it because back when you raced, this is what they did. No, I like that perspective is valuable to a degree, but I also like it when like Jeff Gordon, I don't think is going to lose touch with the garage. You know what I'm saying? At least not yeah. anytime soon, maybe 10 years from now, no one will want to talk to him, but that's a guy who could walk in, talk to about any crew chief in the, in the garage and get some information, right? Yeah. Clint Boyer probably will be able to do that too. Dale Earnhardt Jr. certainly can do that. So now if they'll share it with us is another story, right? A lot of those guys also don't want to hurt their relationships, but that's why I, I like reporters whose job is just simply to report, get the news, get the info, give it to us. Um, so the Alan Cavana is the world. That's that's too bad that he's not going to be there. Hopefully he lands on his feet and is uh, able to do something else. Um, what do we what do we uh, hear? Any, any news about Bob Pockers? Is he coming back? <laughs> I have not heard anything about Bob Pockers, but I hope so, because he's another one of those just news guys who that's he covers the sport. He does a good job with it. I, uh, I appreciate Pockers. If Bob Pockers leaves NASCAR, I think. I think it's it, it's it's a bad sign, but it would be a bad sign. Yeah, he's not going not. anywhere until he retires for sure. Let's and hope so. You know what? Can, you know what? I'm going to start the, the hashtag Pockers for Hall of Fame. I think oh, he belongs yeah. in there. I Let's think get him he in the Hall of Fame. There. Absolutely. Absolutely, I like I mean, that. <laughs> he, oh, gosh, no, no. I, I want to be nice to 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 certain serious XM hosts that may think that they might oh, be uh, I don't know who you could be talking about particularly possibly up for vote maybe hey someday. everybody it's Dave Moody Hi. <laughs> can't stand Dave Moody can't stand him not my guy not my not guy good. Oh, but Bob Pockers we love you man yeah we do for sure lots of love for Bob Pockers over here um, and, and lots of love for Jamie Little, too, because I saw this. And I think this is really cool. Fox Sports has named Jamie Little the play-by-play -play announcer for 2021 ARCA Menards series. So when you see those races on NASCAR or on, on uh, Fox, they are going to have her doing the play-by-play. -play. She'll be paired up with Phil Parsons and Kate Osborne will be the reporter on the sidelines. And of course, a lot of these, if you've not watched an ARCA Menards race on Fox, the the secret here is that a lot of those not not all some of these are broadcast live some of them uh they are recorded and they play them back later right but mm -hmm. but jamie little will be doing live broadcasts at daytona of a nascar race she'll be the first female voice to do so so well, very cool for fitting her because the first rookie of the year that's a female was miss Haley deegan so oh, i mean arca is represented very well by uh, racers that are that are women and uh, announcers that are women, and I think it's a it's a future good bright spot to see in the sport where you're going to see more opportunities for women uh, coming up through the ranks, and I'm I'm all for that as well. Yeah, I am too. And it's not the first time she's called a race. Uh, she called a couple of Xfinity Series races back in June of 2018. Uh, so it's not like she's never done this, but yeah, I, I'm I'm glad for her, and, and I think she does an excellent job. I've always enjoyed her reporting. Again, she's one of these people that I could see doing it at, you know, a, an NFL game or an NBA game. Like, she's a reporter who is good at this, knows this sport because she's been covering it for years. But uh, she even said, you know, I like to think of myself as a broadcaster first, not as a female broadcaster, but... I realize this is a, a big deal and I'm, I'm the first in this role. I won't take it for granted. So all good stuff there for Jamie Little. We are uh, happy for her and this is uh, very good stuff from her. So, Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. This I'm is, pumped. Can you believe it's almost the off season? It is the off season now, my friend. Well, well I well, I guess technically, yeah, because even though there is still F1. Oh, right. Uh, I guess Hamilton Formula wrapped still it up. Going. He did. He officially became the seven-time world champion. Yeah, I, I, you know, what? I have to say, maybe it's because I got a puppy and maybe because four or five in the morning just becomes like a normal thing for me nowadays. But I've really enjoyed the last few GPs like a lot. Yeah. Qualifying. And this particular Turkish GP was 
very wet and very interesting and very chaotic. And but at the end of the day, guess who comes out on top? Lewis Hamilton, dude. So he's unreal, man. He is unreal, and it's easy to point to the equipment and say, "Well, yeah, that Mercedes-Benz team, though, they're just the best." You look at some of the races this year, especially. And look where Val- Valtteri Botas has been finishing compared to him. I mean, they're usually both up there, but there's been a lot of races where he's been first and it's just him, you know? And yeah. he, well, he's and he's dominant. And, he is truly one of the also, greatest we've yeah. ever seen. And also, too, if you if you watch that race, he had – so it, it started out where everyone was on the wets and about five or six laps in, there started to be a little bit less of ponding on the road, so they – switch to intermediates well he kept his either intermediates on when everyone came in to either get a second pair of intermediates or to even get risky and go with the slicks yeah because they were trying to get and so people were gaining on him mm-hmm. but he was and then he started making gaps in the last few laps he was making gaps happen on tires that literally had no tread left and they were almost courting up and i mean yeah oh i saw him when he when he pulled in and, and stopped his car and yep. seeing like yep. Those did they didn't look like regular Formula One no, tires. I mean, no, they were like I've I mean, never seen a, wear on tires yeah. like that. It was just it was I mean unbelievable. There, was a, there was a dry line on the track and he was in there on intermediates. Like I mean, <laughs> that just shows you and he's and he's making gaps. Like I mean, I think Leclerc was uh was was catching up to him. Um because he had he had a different tire compound on, but uh ended up actually making a bad move in the last set of turns and got Vettel into a podium position. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as you can tell, I really actually watched this race, and and like I said, that's it, good. It, it, it's kind of be, I'm hands down the best cinematography of any sort of sport. Hands down, it's F1. I mean, the fact that they come in with the helicopter, not a drone shot, a helicopter shot that shoots up over a town, and they have this like symphony music that's playing in the background. That's like really like on, like really cool. I mean, they got it down pat, man. I just. The, the opening five minutes of like the the F1 broadcast, I always tune in for it. Yeah. Whether or not I watch the race. Like I may watch the first turn, be like, "Oh, Lewis is out by two seconds, no DRS." Yeah, I'm done watching. Yeah, but yep. I always watch that first lap. You know, it's uh, it's always fun. It's really and good. they do a great oh, yeah, job awesome. with the production. Yeah, you're right. Oh yeah. So yeah, what is Sky it? Sport? You have one more race or two? I think there's one more race. Let me just take a quick look at the yeah. Well, we will. Uh, while you're doing that, I'll give you well, a Lewis Hamilton a, wrapped it up. Yeah, it's he already got the championship. So this will just oh, yeah. be to watch for you know the fun of the race. Hopefully, it'll be yeah. some exciting racing. Um, while you're looking that up real quick, I'll tell people what we're doing next week. Uh, Thanksgiving's coming up. We are going to do a little bit of a different episode. We think next week, probably not a lot of like news and notes stuff, more of a look back on uh, driver that we are fond of. We'll probably do a few of those during the off season. Cause you know, let's face it, not every week is there going to be a big batch of news to talk about, but we will certainly add that in as well. Uh, we'll probably have a few of our friends on the podcast as well over the next few weeks. And uh, yeah, we're excited to do that and, and excited to get into 2021 and get back to the track, man, because there's a lot going on in 2021. And hopefully yep. it'll involve you and us getting to racetracks and hanging out and maybe drinking yeah. a beer or two and getting staggered at the track. So that's what we're looking forward to next year. Yeah. And what we might do, and I'm just throwing this out there and and we're doing this live to tape. So JD doesn't know what's coming, but maybe we'll even go live during an F1 race uh, and talk some live racing um, while while the F1 because they have three races left. They've well, got three races. Uh, they, they, they've got a double header. Yeah, it's almost going to lead you right up to the Rolex Twenty Four. <laughs> so, oh yeah, because um, they have a delayed season. Yeah, they'd probably be done yeah, by now. Yeah, what, so what do we got, have? Yeah, they would be done by now. But yeah, but they got Bahrain. Uh, it looks like they've got the interior course on November twenty seventh through the 29th. And then they're sticking in Bahrain for uh, a longer version of the course uh, from December 4th through the 6th. And they wrap it all up in round 17, uh, December 11th through the 13th at Abu Dhabi. Oh, uh, yes, one of the of best circuits ever as far yes. as like, you know, available, like, like just again, cinematography. I believe uh, the Bahrain course, the interior course, I, mm-hmm. people have called that. It's not an oval but it's the closest Formula One will ever get to running on an oval is kind yep. of the 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 vibe I've heard of of that track. Yeah, I mean a lot of speed. I mean if you look at if you look at the website right now on on Formula One they have the Bahrain, uh, the first one, the one that you traditionally see with uh, basically looks like um, you know like it looks like a big kind of 
square almost, but with a lot of turns on the in, inside of it. And it's like right angled square, like with, you know, it's not an actual true square, obviously. But then you go to this round 16 event and there's, it looks like there's a couple of, I mean, there's three or four sharp turns and that's about it. Maybe like a, a looping turn on the top of the course, but there's three very long straights that go into three heavy breaking zones and then a couple of left rights on the top part of the course. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see that one. I mean, I, I mean, th this is one where you could see when you have a, a, you know, a Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen or whoever comes out on top of there that's ready to go. You're going to see perhaps a someone check out 40, 50 seconds potentially. Oh, that, um, uh, yeah, December 4th through the 6th, that's that's when the Bahrain, the the oval course more or less, that's that's mm. going to be a fun one to watch. We will definitely be checking oh, yeah. that out. All right, that's yeah, did, it. Go yeah, ahead. Did, did you know this real quick? I was just looking over the results. You know the first round of the delayed F1 series, which started back on the 3rd of July? You know Lewis Hamilton didn't even make the podium? Yeah, right. Botas that was, won it. Yeah. Uh, Leclerc was second and Lando Norris was third. Yes, that's right. That was a big and deal. And then the next three events were the, uh, the next six events, five were won by Lewis Hamilton. So yeah, yeah, he was, <laughs> uh, got, he was pretty much the guy. man over the summer. He, he yep. was phenomenal. So, and continues to be, that's why he's the greatest champion we've ever seen in formula one and in all of racing, uh, for yep. sure. So, all right, that's it for us. We will be back next week. Uh, if you don't catch that episode, hope you have a great Thanksgiving, but hopefully you'll check us out next week as well. And tell a friend, tell them about it. Maybe, uh, grab their phone or whatever, go to your favorite podcast app. It's on their phone and make them subscribe and then tell them to listen. That's what I say. Uh, that is it for us. We'll see you guys next week until then stay safe and stay staggered. <laughs>